Welcome to our podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Voss. Did someone you know send you a Christmas gift through the mail this year? And if so, was it what you were hoping you would get something that was the perfect gift? Today, the Apostle Paul wants you to know that from heaven above, God sent you his son, the perfect Christmas gift, because he's redeemed us from the law and he's adopted us as his sons. Today's message is based on Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Our message is entitled, God Sent Us His Son. May God bless you as you hear and take to heart the truths of his holy word. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son to be born of a woman so that he would be born under the law in order to redeem those under the law so that we would be adopted as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts to shout, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you are a son, then you are also an heir of God through Christ. How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. Amen. My dear family in Christ, it's a heart-wrenching decision that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. There's an old foreign film a short film, tells the story of a man, young man who had a young son. He worked as a railroad bridge operator. And so when there was a ship or a large boat that needed to go down the river, he would raise the bridge. When there was a train coming, he would lower the bridge. One day, he decided to bring his son along to work with him. And the son went outside and was playing and exploring down by the river. But after a little while, the father heard him calling out. He was crawling under the bridge and got stuck in the mechanism that raises and lowers the bridge and couldn't free himself. The father got up to move toward his son, and at that moment, Notice the train was coming. The bridge was in the raised position. And now that father had a decision to make. Do I lower the bridge, which will be the end of my son? Or do I leave the bridge in the raised position, which will be the end of all the people that are riding on this passenger train? The train kept coming. What would you do? I know what our Heavenly Father did. From his heavenly throne, he looked out over a world of sinners that were on the tracks that lead straight to hell. And with the miracle of Bethlehem's birth still ringing in our ears and fresh in our minds, today we rejoice to know the decision that our Heavenly Father made. God sent us his son. 
And Paul wants us to really take that truth in this morning, to marvel at it, the fact that God sent us his son to redeem those who were under the law. Now in the chapter just before our text, Paul points out that the whole world was held prisoner to sin. We were held prisoners of the law. Prisoners who were hopelessly locked up with a life sentence, no, an an eternity sentence, and we could not free ourselves from that captivity of sin. And to make matters worse, not only were we prisoners of sin, we all have inside of us that sinful nature that doesn't mind being a prisoner of sin. In fact, the sinful nature in us relishes opportunities to defy God. And it came to a culmination in the verse just before our text when Paul wrote, we were in slavery. That was our horrible predicament. And then we come to the words of our text. We were in slavery, Paul says, but when the set time had fully come. In other words, when the predetermined time that the Father had set by his own authority was exactly right at precisely the right moment in human history, God sent us his Son. Remarkable, right? There's more. Paul goes on. This Jesus, true God from all eternity, was born of a woman. God became a human being. Rarely, if ever, do we see devotion like that. The CEO of a large and successful company does not put on old clothes and go down and work on the assembly line from morning till night. The President of the United States does not get down on his belly and crawl in a muddy trench, pulling the trigger on a machine gun while dodging enemy fire. But God entered our war. God became a human being. The Almighty Creator was born as a baby. God himself slept in that manger bed. There's still more. Jesus was born under the law, we're told. Now, there's something. Because God is the author of the law. God is the only one who is literally above the law. It's his law. He's divine. He's not subject to the law. And so it's wrong for any of us to take a life. It's not wrong for God to decide that a life has come to its end because he's the author of life. It's wrong for us to ever steal. God can't possibly ever be guilty of stealing because everything belongs to him anyway. And yet the Lord Jesus, true God from all eternity, subjects himself to every one of God's commandments. He was born under the law. Why? Why would God send us his son, born of a woman, born under the law? The simple but stunning answer is this, to redeem those under the law. We call Jesus our redeemer because he came here to redeem us. To redeem something means to buy something back. You buy back what had belonged to you in the first place. Years ago, when I was serving our congregation in Milwaukee, our family car was stolen. And after a few days of searching, I got a phone call from the Milwaukee Police Department telling me that they'd found my vehicle and that I could pick it up at my convenience from one of the city's impound lots. But you know what was ironic about that? 
Before they would let me take my car back, I had to pay a fee, their impound lot fee. I don't remember how much it was anymore, but there I was paying for my own car because some thief had stolen it from me. But that's nothing. The human race, the crown of God's creating work was stolen away from God when Satan led Adam and Eve to sin there in the Garden of Eden. And the entire human race now was lost in sin and bound for hell. But God sent us his son and Jesus came to redeem us, to buy us back. Well, how? Jesus redeemed us by doing two things. First of all, the, the one we've learned from little on, he died for us. He paid the penalty for all of our sin and the sins of the whole world when he died on the cross. He took on himself the punishment that we had deserved. But prior to dying in our place, he lived in our place. And that's what's being referred to here when it says that he was born under the law. God demands that perfect obedience to his law and obedience we have not given to him. Jesus came to be obedient, perfectly obedient in our place. God sent us his son. Jesus offered up to God that perfect obedience we haven't had, and Jesus suffered and died on the cross to pay for our sins, and we are now the recipients of God's grace, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. God sent us his son. Now that's a Christmas gift, right? We celebrate that gift in Christmas joy and praise and wonder. But do we appreciate that gift? Of course we do, Pastor. Really? Isn't it true for you like it is for me that so often our hearts and our thoughts and our lives show something completely different? Instead of grateful thanks, we catch ourselves doubting God or questioning his goodness or his love for us or the people of our world, and we second-guess him. We, we trust him, but only so far. We break his laws over and over and over again, day in and day out, and every time that we sin, aren't we really kind of saying to God, you know, God, thank you, but no thank you. I don't want this gift to free me from my sin. I want to keep doing this sin. You can take Jesus back. That's why we need to hear it again today. That when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those under the law. It's a Christmas miracle. And we're forgiven and we're saved and, and we're now the motivated people of God to put away sin and to live for the one who gave himself for us and to live for him willingly with our grateful praise and joy. But there's more in this text. God didn't just redeem us from something. God redeemed us for something. God sent his son to redeem those under the law and now notice the end of verse 5, so that we would be adopted as sons. So secondly, this morning we note that God sent us his son to adopt us as his very own. We needed that because we were born with sin. 
And because of that, we were born outside of the family of God, outside the household of God. And so the Father in love adopted us. Christ Jesus left his Father and left the, the home in heaven and came down to earth. And, and Jesus was willing to be forsaken for a time by his Father on the cross so that we could have this wonderful privilege of being adopted, of being made the children of God. But that's not all there is to it. Paul wants us to know that as God's adopted children, we share the same inheritance as Jesus. Heaven's glory forevermore. And that's why our text points out we're not merely children, he says, but God adopted us as sons. So you are no longer a slave, he says, but a son. And if you're a son, then you are also an heir of God through Christ. Now, back in biblical times, of course, the sons received the inheritance. They received the estate. The, the daughters were taken care of through marriage, but the sons we're the heirs. And as the sons of God, not only do we have new lives here and now as his children, not only do we have daily forgiveness for all of our sins, but we stand to receive an inheritance that the Bible says will never perish or spoil or fade away, kept in heaven for us. Heaven is our inheritance as God's sons. And one more blessing. Verse 6. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts to shout, Abba, Father. God not only sent us His Son, He graciously also sent us the Holy Spirit to make us alive in Christ, to bring us to faith in Jesus. And so every single time that you hear the gospel, read the gospel, think about the gospel, ponder the gospel, that Holy Spirit is right there working inside of you to strengthen your faith. He gives you a deeper trust in the promises God has made to you. He gives you the confidence to say, Abba, Father. Abba is a Hebrew word. Often the term by which children called their father Maybe like little children today say, Dad. Dad, can you help me with something for a second? Dad, can I have $20? I want to go to the movie with my friends. Dad, can you fix this for me? Brothers and sisters, through the powerful work of God the Holy Spirit, we now have this close, personal, intimate relationship with the God of heaven and earth, with our Heavenly Father, and we now have direct, 24 access to his throne of grace. To go to him at any time about anything. Abba, Father, there's a sin in my life that I know is pulling me away from you, but I know that you still love me. And I believe that you've forgiven me for Jesus' sake. Please, Father, keep me in the word and give me strength to say no to that sin. Father, I'm afraid right now. I'm not sure how this difficult situation in my life is going to turn out. Remind me, Father, that you will lead me and guide me and strengthen me and keep me and that you will turn this whole situation around somehow for my good. Help me just trust you, Father. Abba, Father, I keep getting distracted by 
so many things in life that I lose my focus on my relationship with you. I find myself getting my priorities in life all mixed up. Father, shield me from the negative influences of this ungodly world and hold me tightly in your loving arms. The Heavenly Father has adopted you to be his dear child. What a precious blessing it is for you to be able to go to him in prayer, to boldly ask him for his help, his blessing, his guidance, his love in all things. Like loving children, ask their loving father. So the bridge is up. Your son is stuck. And the train is getting closer with every single second. What do you do? Do you spare the life of your son? This child whom you love infinitely more than you love yourself? Or do you sacrifice your son to save many others? Here's the gospel. God did not spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all. When the set time had fully come, God sent us his son. Sent us his son to redeem those who were stuck in slavery to sin. Redeemed us from the law, sent his son so that he could adopt us to be his sons, heirs of glory forevermore. So friend, take that truth and embed it deeply within your heart. Take it with you and let it comfort you and let it compel you and motivate and drive you in everything that you do and give thanks for this simple, grand, glorious good news. God sent us his son. Amen.